Zenobia, a dream of ancient Egypt, a psychic drama in seven scenes, by Hereward Carrington, joint author of The Mysteries of Myra, etc., devised, staged, and with scenic effects by Harry Squires. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cast of Characters Jacques Dupont, an artist. Read by Alan Wayman. Dr. Robert Morton, occult investigator. Read by Robin King. Princess Neftari Ra, the mummy. Read by Nancy Beard. Narrator. Read by Algie Pug. Attendance, etc. Time. Present. Place. Egypt, near the pyramids. Scene 1. Full set, showing sands of desert, sphinx, and pyramids in distance. Mummy chamber in centre. Faint blue light on stage, an illuminating mummy. Faint weird music is in progress. Stage is empty for about thirty seconds at opening. Then voices are heard coming from a distance. They get louder and louder. Finally, Dupont and Dr. Morton enter right, talking. I tell you, my dear fellow, it's all rubbish. There's no such thing. I'm a complete materialist, and all this talk about souls and spirits and reincarnation and all that is so much trash. Why? Don't display your ignorance any further, my dear boy. You are speaking of phenomena you know nothing about. I have seen these things, and I know. You know I'm not a lunatic or unbalanced, don't you? Yes, but... My dear boy, there is no but about it. I assure you solemnly that these things are true. They really happen, and science is doing more and more to prove them every day. Spirits exist, and they can continue to influence those still living. Out here, in this gorgeous desert, with the influences and traditions of the pyramids behind us, indicates them by a sweep of the arm. I don't see how you can doubt. Dupont, who has been moving about a little during this talk, and ascended the steps, so that he can see the mummy in the room asleep. Good God! Rob, come here, old man, quick, and see what we've found. How on earth did this get here, do you think? What a beautiful creature she must have been, too. He advances a step or two nearer. An Egyptian goddess, cut in the whitest marble, and what exquisite lines! Those features, those arms, the curves of the bust, the throat. Oh, Robert, what a find! My God, if she were only alive! Well, your artistic interest is no more aroused than my scientific sense. He ascends the steps and looks at the figure. If only we knew the secret of life, how to restore it. Some elixir. Why not try? You say you know all about these occult things. Why not try some evocation to bring her back, some... No, no, with one so long dead, the consequences might be other than we suspect. We cannot tell. Take my advice. Do not press me further. Why not? 
what can happen i'll take the risk come in the name of our old friendship and by the promise you once made me i conjure you to do what you can perform any ceremony and we will see the effects of course nothing will happen but it shall be as you say though remember i have warned you against it blame me not for anything that may befall come stand here by me and step not out of this magic circle until i give the word otherwise your life may pay the price morton while saying the last words has drawn a sword from his sword stick and traced a circle on the sand and the sacred pentagram within it he then lights a small jar of incense and taking the sword in his right hand performs certain passes and figures with the point at the same time muttering a spell or evocation as he does so the stage slightly darkens the light in the mummy room becomes brighter morton and dupont kneel and fall to the ground on their faces dupont at the silent command of morton the slow transformation from the statue to the living woman is accomplished she thereupon moves gets up stretches smiles and finally speaks during all this time the stage has been getting gradually brighter but is never fully bright ah the bliss to feel once more after all these years the spark of life the touch of moist warm flesh the thrill of living and of loving to return to earth once more yes it is sweet and sweet too is revenge my return is for a purpose she catches sight of dupont and morton in the circle on the sand that head that form o oh, holy mother isis o oh, osiris give me strength aright to live just long enough to justify my animation of this fair body to use its fascination and its power to the great aim and end in view so give me strength and steadfastness of purpose she crosses the floor of the mummy room descends the stairs and walks on to the sands approaching the figures in the magic circle as she does so morton gradually raises his head and catches sight of her he gazes a moment then clutches dupont by the arm and brings him up so that he too can see the figure my god a miracle or is it a vision he leans closer to assure himself and she draws herself up in a haughty attitude as he does so this assures him that she is a woman of flesh and blood he proceeds no she lives rob look look she breathes and glances fire from her eyes our invocation has succeeded no more a sceptic i he advances toward her fair maid not long ago we saw you sleeping marble white and pure as the sands of yonder desert indicates them and now you stand before us in all the beauty of your womanhood brought to life by our magical invocation speak fair wanderer from another sphere and tell us of yourself your name and whence you came many many years have i lain asleep 
encased in marble, a brain and heart of stone, waiting, waiting for the day of my reincarnation. Four thousand years ago, in ancient Egypt, I was a princess of the royal house, Neftari Ra. All Egypt bowed to my bidding. I loved, I gave my love, my all, to a man, O oh, fair to look upon, of grace of mind and strength of body, and for a time we two were happy. She clasps her hands ecstatically and looks up at the audience, pauses. And then my lover wearied of me, betrayed me, and one night. Just such a night as this. He stabbed me with this very dagger. Takes it from her belt and shows it. Here, into my fair breast did he plunge it. Bears her breast as far as the senses allow, and shows scar. To the hilt he drove it and drank of my heart's blood. She pauses and droops her head. I died. For thousands of years have I lain asleep, waiting for the magic touch to restore me. And now I know that I am alive. I know also that my former lover still lives. For my life and his will cross again. So it was prophesied by the temple prophetess in the days of ancient Egypt. Princess, I am overwhelmed by what you tell me. So horrible a crime must needs be expiated by the heart's blood of him who was your murderer. If I can do aught to serve you, you have but to command me. You are right indeed as to the expiation of this crime. When his reincarnated soul meets mine, and realizes that twas he who so foully murdered me, then then his death-knell shall be sounded. Ha! <laughs> you say you would serve me? Then come to-night to my palace, three earthly miles from here. Points. See, on the Nile, at eight. I shall expect you. Come. Exits. Wondrous vision. Come, I shall be there. Rob, Rob, my friend, did you see and hear as I did just now? What can it all mean? Strokes his forehead. That palace, we have just visited it but yesterday, and it was dead, a pile of ruins. Yet now she says she lives there. Mystery of mysteries. Come, Rob, my friend, let us rest, and then to the palace and the princess. Exeunt. Lights out. Drop curtain for scene two. Exterior of ruined Egyptian temple. Faint blue lights. Blue sky showing between the columns. Weird faraway music resounds from within the temple. Enter Dupont and Morton left and stand in front of the temple. They look up at it. This is the place. The very place. Yet it is dark and ruined. No signs of life about it. Can it be she was tricking you, playing upon your youthful credulity? 
no no not that the very soul shone out of her eyes and when she spoke of meeting once again her lover i felt a thrill of envy sweep through me stay what was that he grasps morton by the arm and they both listen as the music becomes louder then softer again and finally dies away music and from within the temple there must be someone inside it then but stay my friend a moment before so rashly venturing in you do not altogether realize the danger that you run she is more than mere earthly woman there is something of the supernatural about her be persuaded by me leave this place before it is too late before you have gone too far cease cease your croakings how can i think of aught else when she is present and awaits me if you fear for yourself stay here but i will enter does so i i will stay and watch scene three interior of egyptian palace huge columns of stone at back and on both wings right a dais upon it a throne the left of throne a table containing wine fruit etc cushions about egyptian details as far as possible faint blue light which gradually becomes brighter on throne in which is discovered seated the princess soft music is heard then dies away as dupont enters hail and welcome honoured guest after your journey you must be weary and need rest sit you down drink here is wine she fills two goblets and hands him one will i dance for your entertainment as i did of old yes before my lover four thousand years ago ah yes most beauteous princess and come to my arms when weary ra then throws off a veil and begins to dance in a circle constantly coming back to dupont and each time she does she strips off a veil and throws it at his feet until she has as little on as the censor will permit dupont has been getting more and more enthralled all this time and finally puts down his wine cup and stretches out his arms to her she falls at his feet and throws herself into his arms they kiss passionately fairest of women dearest princess my very heart and soul are yours my life's blood pulsates but for you give me your love as i have given you life to hold you in my arms to feel the warmth of your kiss upon my lips yes for this would i sacrifice all body heart and soul for you looks at her again picks up a wine cup and holds aloft as a toast he goes on give me dancing give me wine bright eyes glancing into mine kisses sucking up my breath give me passion give me death you mean that leaning forward and speaking slowly if you have my love will you too promise to give me yourself body heart and soul for this life 
and all lives to come? Dupont, drinking another goblet of wine. I do, I do. Let me but love you, and all I have or am or ever will be is yours. He leans forward to take her more closely in his arms. Wait, wait, not now. This palace is enchanted. A low burst of music is heard. He starts back. Come to me to-night at twelve. She picks up a veil and gathers it around herself. In the room where first you saw me, and all I have to give in love will I give at twelve to-night. She passes behind a pillar, or something of the kind, and is gone. Dupont runs and looks behind the pillar, finds her gone. Oh, God, to hold her in my arms, to feel her kiss, her passionate embrace. At twelve to-night, what can the time be now? Looks at wristwatch. Already ten, I must be gone. Oh, being natural or supernatural, I am yours. Exits. Scene four. Drop. Desert scene. A sandstorm is in progress. Faint light. Storm clouds. General storm effects. Enter Dupont right, staggering along more or less blinded by the sand and wind, and he holds up one arm over his face and eyes, then stops and falls to his knees. This cursed wind and sand it fills my eyes and ears and nearly strangles me ah oh, i must be nearly there were it not for her i would turn back but she the prize i must on struggle on and pray the god osiris stops how came i to name that heathen god it came to my lips without my bidding strange strange Ah, I must be gone. Tis nearly twelve. He struggles up and out left. Scene five. Same as scene one. No storm. Stage is nearly dark. No figures visible anywhere. Dupont enters right, wiping his face with his handkerchief. He looks about. Thank all the gods the storm has ceased. This quiet spot seems magically sheltered, and here she awaits me. O oh, love, my divine one, I come to you. He runs up the steps and into mummy room. Pauses a moment, looking about in the dark, seeing no one. At that instant he is grabbed by two Arabs, dressed in conventional garb, thrown to the ground, gagged, bound hand and foot. A trap is opened in the floor from which a faint blue light enters. One man descends, his body is passed to him, and the two men start to carry him through the trapdoor and down a steep flight of stairs when the lights go out. Stage is in complete darkness. Gradually, faint blue light is seen, indicating scene six. Rock-lined tomb, faintly lighted in blue. Princess Ra is seen standing, wrapped in winding white trappings, half resembling a mummy. The two assistants are seen carrying Dupont's body down a steep flight of stairs. They deposit him on the floor, fold their arms, and look to her for instructions. Go. Pointing to steps. They exeunt. She then takes the gag out of Dupont's mouth and unties his feet, leaving his hands tied. 
He staggers to his feet. She confronts him. What can this mean? So late I held you in my arms and pressed my lips to yours, and now I am bound, a prisoner in a dungeon, a damp, cold, vaulted chamber, with the very atmosphere of death. He shudders. Oh, my love, loose me, unbind me, give me your love, yourself, as late you promised me. For you I crossed the blinding, sandy desert. Is that not proof of my devotion? Come, fairy princess, do not play with me. What means this rough reception at your hands? Oh, Jacques Dupont! when first you undertook the quickening of my soul to life you brought into your life more than you ever dreamed of a supernatural being your friend called me well that i am dupont starts back you know the secret of my life and birth my birth into this life my present incarnation but do you know that I have lived apart, and longed and waited all these years for this supreme moment. Centuries and centuries have I slept the sleep of death, awaiting incarnation. I told you once before, I was a princess in the days of Egypt. Yes that I was foully murdered by my best beloved, to him whom I had given soul and body. Yes, stabbed with this very dagger. Takes it out. In this, my once fair breast. And did I tell you, too, of him who thus betrayed me, that demon, fiend incarnate, who, in his hour of triumph, cast me aside for another, a priestess of the temple of Isis. Do you remember? Points at him. In those days of long ago, how I loved and longed for you in your last incarnation. Oh, God, am I mad? Do I remember? Can I be he? Neftari Ra screams with laughter. <laughs> ah, he remembers. Holy Mother Isis, he remembers. Yes, I am the reincarnation of that princess. And you, you, the living, breathing image of my former lover. Long, long have I waited for revenge. And at last it has come. This dagger which once you plunged in my fair bosom shall now find rest and lodgment in your heart you gave yourself to me body and soul you said yes body and soul and your heart's blood you gave to me well not i take it isis osiris to you i give him to you i offer him a living sacrifice she stabs him Dupont falls to the floor. She stands, gazing at him for a moment, then turns and mounts the stairs to the upper room. Scene 7 Upper mummy room, stage almost dark. A faint light, blue, gives, as she ascends, a soft glow. She places herself on the couch 
and is gradually retransformed to the marble image. The rest of the stage is in more or less darkness. It becomes gradually lighter, and Dupont and Morton are discovered on the floor, in the centre of their magic circle, faces to the ground, as they were in the first scene, before the mummy came to life. As it gets brighter, Morton lifts his head. He shakes Dupont by the arm. Dupont sits up, putting his hand to his head, and passing his fingers through his hair, etc. He looks wild, his eyes staring. He gasps and clutches his throat. Oh, God, she stabbed me, she stabbed me. Be quiet, old man, quiet. If you will go in for magical seances, you must expect disturbing visions. All of them are not pleasant. Come, tell me what it was you saw. Under the spell of the ceremony, what did you dream? Shakes him. Come, tell me. A vision. A dream. Yes, I'll tell you. They seat themselves. As Dupont is about to begin his story, the curtain slowly descends. End of Zenobia, A Dream of Ancient Egypt by Hereward Carrington